Hey, Nicole. Hi, John. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right. I'm Nicole Mears. I'm John Davis. And this is our podcast, Shape the Conversation. Uh, Nicole and I work here with the great team at Shape.io, headquartered in Bend, Oregon, where we're recording from now. Just some background about us. We left our agency jobs as marketers to build software for digital advertising teams. So we'll be talking about working in marketing and growing Shape.io on this podcast. Our goal is to just talk about our experiences along the way, some lessons we've learned. We're going to get some guests in the mix on upcoming episodes and hopefully give you some things you can use to shape your own conversations throughout the week. Uh, why should you listen to us at all? We're a software company, profitable software company, so that's always a good place to start. We're outside of the Silicon Valley bubble. We did raise venture capital in 2015 and have used that to grow the team and gain customers and a lot of experiences along the way. So, uh, Nicole, on this episode, what are we going to be talking about? So we'll be discussing voice search and kind of the implications for advertising and marketing. Yeah, this is a big one for us to think about. A lot of our, so our software syncs with the major search engines, ad data, Google, Bing, these places where searches are occurring, our customers, it's a big focus of theirs. So we're always thinking about what could upset that industry, what could change that. I think in in my career, we've seen a couple big shifts. One of those, I think, is really Facebook um, coming along and being a, a big option. When I started back in search engine marketing in like '07, Facebook was just kind of trying to get its ad game going, and I think voice could be one of those shifts. Maybe that changes a lot, but I'm not sure yet. So I kind of put it on par with the shift that we saw to mobile. So you, you know, when I started in digital advertising, it was mostly at least at our our agency, our it was search focused. Two thousand nine ish. Two thousand nine, so search focused, and then our Google reps and everyone started talking about mobile. I mean, there was some display and remarketing as well that was just coming to be really impactful in the market. But it was this idea of mobile, mobile, mobile. That to me is a is a piece of the bigger advertising puzzle, right? And so is voice. You're going to still search on Google or on Bing. But are you going to do it mobile? Or are you going to do it voice? Mm-hmm. That's that's how I kind of saw that shift. Yeah, I think that's a g- really good analogy or way to look at it because the stat that everybody sees now is you know by 2020, 50% of searches will be voice. And I, I think that strikes a lot of fear into search marketers when they initially hear it because that's way different than it is today. A lot, you know. If you're in an environment where you're writing ads and putting them up against three or four other ads, voice search isn't doesn't play as well necessarily in that kind of environment. Well, the question for me that I constantly think about is what skills am I going to have to acquire to be able to do a voice search successfully or voice, you know, ad successfully? Okay. So does that mean that I now have to have a very great radio announcer voice and be able to speak into a mic? like I am doing right now, yeah. uh, much more coherently, though, in 80 or 125 characters? Am I going to have to create an ad like that? Or are we going to have to get more production value? Are we going to have to have an entire department that's just devoted to creating these ads, similar to what you see with you know display departments now or you know different video ads? Because these, these media are taking up much more effort to create really great, solid ads. Yeah, and I think... 
the the way you're getting delivered these results right now is a really curated experience. You know, you're hearing Alexa read everything mm-hmm. in, in Alexa's voice. You're hearing Cortada say everything in Cortada's voice. And I think it's going to be there's not too much data or experimentation yet that's gone on in terms of delivering ads to these to, to voice searches. It's a lot of featured snippets. It's it's other it's product type searches, but it's not, you know, as as traditional PPC or advertising, we might see it yet. There's not too much data on that. No, the one ad that I think I've heard of that created a big hole blue was the Beauty and the Beast ad on Alexa, I believe it was, that automatically either triggered before a query, I can't quite remember, or movie time query, something like that, but just you don't hear a lot about it right now. Yeah, and I think the examples I've seen are more, let's say we're asking Alexa to order some kind of commodity off of uh, Amazon. Paper towels? Yeah, paper towels. Okay. If you're going to like, maybe you could pay to have your paper towel brand be the brand that gets automatically ordered. You know, is Amazon, I have to imagine, is explored maybe they already have (laughs) their own brands, you know, like Costco has Kirkland, you know, is Amazon going to start to take more of the pie there with their, their own brands that when you order default, or will they allow other competitors like Brawny or other towel manufacturers to outbid their own products? Like where do their margins live? It's going to be really interesting to to me to see how Amazon handles that blended ad organic environment, the same way that Google has had to, handle it on search results. Yeah, I think there's a lot of potential for uh, abuse there. I think there's a lot of profit-driven potential abuse. Like you could have an entire results section full of ads. Are we going to have to have the same, you know, sponsored disclosure before every ad or is voice search outside of that? Is it are we going to live in an ad world where we don't actually know that they're ads? Yeah. I know. That'll be really interesting, I think. You say you already use Echo, right, Alexa, in your day-to-day. If you tell it to order something, it's pulling off your previous orders. Can you, you know, if you tell it to order something generic, does it just go ahead and do it and pick a brand for you? So here's the thing. I do not trust my Alexa to order, (laughs) and it's not because of the capabilities of Alexa. It's because I don't trust my uh, granted, he's eight months old. He can't say anything right now. Uh, oh, God. But my infant and potentially a little bit of my husband. My husband's a shopper. Got um, it. Because, right, you have the ability to set a passcode or to set a protections from allowing someone to order something. But I just, I heard this story about a little four-year-old girl that had, or I think she was, <laughs> that had a whole conversation yeah, with Alexa and ordered this, like, $400 dollhouse. Wow. And so I have not connected my credit card to it. I'm just, I, I mean, this is a case. Yeah. I'm a little bit worried of irresponsible use on our side, and I'm a little bit worried about privacy, not to lie. I mean, that's still something that, regardless of whether we're talking about it from an ad or a marketing perspective, privacy concerns, shared or leaked data concerns, still, I think, is on the mind for a lot of voice search users. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think a lot of those reasons are why some people aren't necessarily buying all the hype. So example that Ian Laurie, he's got a great article he wrote and published on LinkedIn. I'm sure you can find it there. We'll link to it in the show notes. But he starts to pick apart that stat a little bit of 50% of search will be voice and and what that really means in terms of changing the day-to-day marketers. And 
he's got makes a lot of great points in in his piece but one of them is that to him a genuine voice search that's really disruptive and going to change the way things work is when you you have a spoken voice query and you're getting a spoken voice result the disruption isn't really happening when you have a spoken voice query and that you're looking at a screen and still getting that result. Like, I think there is some better user experience potentially could be there. You know, you're working in the kitchen, your hands are tied, you need to, you know, activate a Google search on your screen that you can see. There's still things there, but that doesn't really change any strategies from a marketer's perspective. You're still getting a screen, and that's a lot of the point that Ian is making in his like there's a lot of great searches for that voice lends itself better to and there's some that aren't so great yeah i think it's that process is cumbersome if you say you know give me a recipe for this and it gives you 10 results and then you have to pick through results with your voice you may find something isn't like let's say you want to make a cheesecake maybe the first 10 aren't the right aren't the right thing eventually you're going to get frustrated and you're just going to go to your ipad or go to your desktop and and find that result yeah i mean lori really kind of talks about these ambiguous queries where voice can't tell you the best way to make toast or it can't tell you the next Netflix series to binge because it doesn't know your behaviors and your likes and dislikes from that TV show uh, or from, I'm sorry, your Netflix queue. Now could, as we go further into AI and further into all of, you know, the, the intelligent learning about each and every user of different software, could those integrate and get there? Maybe. Is it there right now? No. Yeah, and I think there are searches or, or type examples like, what's the temperature today? That, that's a great voice search to make. One answer, one result. Ones where you need to see a bunch of results or you need options, you know, that is where seeing a screen is still going to be an important part of making that search and doing that search. And I think people are getting more comfortable with uh, voice-activated kind of experiences and conversations when it's, you know, you're commanding a platform or something to do something with your voice. So, you know, very Tony Starkish, you know, Jarvis, do this, okay. Google, play this playlist from Spotify. Hey, Alexa, you know, play... Uh, you know, a podcast from a certain podcast catcher app, like these commands are still very good. And I still think there's some places where we're going to be doing more voice commanding going forward as it gets better. I mean, is Alexa to me already seems like better at understanding my voice as I've played with it over the last few weeks than Siri. And I think that's been one of the big sort of places where you've seen now voice search start to gain more traction is that it's a lot better at understanding just what you're saying. If you remember like last episode, we went through the Mary Meeker slide deck and they talked about how AI now is just as good as your average human at you know picking out what somebody's saying or judging that. And that I think has been the tipping point where now you start to see stats like 50% of searches and this will, will be voice. But I mean, can you think of, let, let's think of some scenarios or companies that you should maybe be on the lookout for more than others if they're your clients or customers. So I definitely think there are some of those companies, Lori points this out as well, I believe, that local searches, voice tends to be better for. So, you know, find the closest laundromat to me. Those queries, I think we're going to see increased success there. Now, when you think about it from an enterprise or a 
you know, a bigger level, that's where I, it gets a little fuzzy for me. There's all sorts of channels that I'm excited about actually voice bringing more to the forefront for marketers to look at. One could be the way Google might use Waze to get in the mix. You know, you're interacting with Waze primarily if you're driving, you know, through voice. And that could be a way for them to deliver up you know, results for things that are around you or services around you that you're looking for. Well, they already do. Are you talking about their advertising platform? Because I don't know if it necessarily automatically starts speaking about the places near you, but I definitely know that if you're on Waze, it'll pop up, hey, there's a McDonald's if they're advertising near yeah. you. I guess I'm thinking of the next version of that, You know, using that same advertising feed, but instead of just displaying results on the Waze page, it's able to deliver those results as, an, as a potential one result from your query, which is where I think voice searches are really great. Like what's one result, maybe two results. So I think people looking at local and kind of those types of searches, you need to be paying attention to it maybe more than others. For us, thinking about it, B2B software, I don't know. I can't imagine voice really upsetting too much of our strategies on the search engine result pages over the next few years. Now, and again, that's something that Lori kind of states. He says, you know, you can't base your entire marketing strategy on voice because your search will absolutely suffer. I, Without some continued massive shifts and massive focus on B2B by players like Google and even, I mean, Amazon doesn't really quite fit in there, maybe Cortana. I don't think we have a, a clear idea where it's going yet. Now, that's not to say that they don't come up with some amazing application. Yeah. And we will have to adjust our strategy. I think right now we keep it in the back of our minds and we know that eventually it'll shift more there, but we can't make any massive strides yet. There are some scenarios there where I think that voice could actually deliver could actually kind of jump a search result page, you know? I think there's some interesting ways that kind of melding together the data it knows about you combined with what you've previously done, it, you know, I think that's something to think about. Yeah, another thing that I, I think about, and I hope I'm not disclosing too much right now, <laughs> you can cut me off if I am, um, is the idea of screenless apps. And I couldn't really think of one at first, but this is the idea that, there are developers developing apps right now where they have obviously no screen and you interact with them completely using your voice. It gives you back the results or it gives you back the information that you need. So something that I, you know, you can think of as Siri on your watch. But another thing that we've even talked about developing here is the idea of having a, a bot or a, a, you know, kind of something that we could voice command using an echo or using something similar that would respond with information for our clients yeah so they would ask about their advertising performance and it would come back and say yep here you go that that's a perfect screenless app in my mind but yeah i think there's going to be a lot of screenless apps that are are backed by actual apps <laughs> to, to start so i think version one is going to be so the example you gave like applying it to ours a digital marketer that maybe wants to pull out their advertising spend for yesterday for all their accounts you know they would still need to sync with shape to create an account to get that data in there so that we could present it in an uh, alexa skill out there now screenless apps I think there's so many applications there and so many niche 
use cases like think of all the screenless apps you could have for like marketing coaching you know give me one tip a day or give me somebody to read in this area you know you could have really controlled experiences for these screenless apps that could be limited you know but in an alexa skill that just reads you the weather or just does one thing i think is a good example of where screenless apps but now how are those developers making money Mm -hmm. yeah you know, if they kind of have to charge for their app, unless when you go to use your screenless app, it's like today's use is sponsored by, and that's, you know, where they're generating their income, but there's no infrastructure set up for that yet. You know, Google, that's got to be priority, who knows what, Amazon, who knows what, um, to kind of figuring out to help developers make more from their ideas but you're right there's an whole ecosystem of these screenless apps that are probably gonna be popping up well and kind of conversely to shift against that too the other idea that really interests me about future is is actually screen and voice search combined so um you have my apologies you have things like i think it's the amazon echo spot and the Amazon Echo Touch or something similar to that, where these are actually voice search devices that have a screen. So now, you know, kind of circling back to what we were talking about earlier with buying paper towels versus buying, having it be, having the voice search be a little bit more understanding of your preferences when you're buying something like a dress, you get to this point where are we, are we going to be sitting there saying, Alexa, I want a red dress and it will provide you results. You won't even have to touch the screen. So you won't be doing your traditional desktop search and purchase or mobile search and purchase. You'll be seeing that in front of you and it will recommend the top five dresses that things you want. Yeah. And then you you complete that, that purchase. And that's another interesting kind of future state for me with voice search where I don't quite know where that's going and, and again how that ad infrastructure is going to play into it yeah you're more in a conversation with your search engine so you can kind of get a feel for this too playing around with alexa and i actually reached out to a buddy of mine on this idea this week to kind of ask him he runs a vr company that's doing a lot of really cool things about creating vr concerts so you've got the performer performing wherever but everybody's like zooming into their vr headset on their on their home phone uh, or on their home, like VR set to the concert, and is there with everybody else. If you guys haven't watched video of people doing this, yeah, do it. It is amazing because they've got giant headphones on and you know eyes yeah. sets, and they're just dancing their butts off, and it's completely silent. Yeah, so- I've I've actually seen it at weddings. Oh, wow. Yeah, that to me wears me out. I'll have to ask Adam about that one. But I went to high school with Adam Arrigo, who's the CEO of The Wave VR. So I reached out to him this week to talk to him. Hey, like, you're on the forefront of VR. You're doing all this cool stuff. Do you ever just, like, search Google with your VR headset on? Like, does anybody browse the internet with their VR headset? Because this idea you're talking about, being in a conversation with their search engine, is really interesting to me. I love the idea of saying... Hey Google, show me you know five options for you know green shoes. Like no, too green. Go a little less green. Or I changed my mind, not green. And like crafting the results of the search engine through voice and 
is something I'm really interested in. I think could be really cool in a virtual a VR environment. If you've got all these options or information in front of you and you're kind of coaching whoever through helping you find the result, I think that's a way that you can start to break through that, you know, a search engine result page is just better you know, at giving you complicated results, essentially. I think there are some ways that that data, you can, those systems could look within from what they already know about you to deliver results, and then you could help coach them through. Um, like, hey, I don't like any results I've seen from this URL. Don't show me those anymore. Yeah, I was just going to say it'll it'll start learning, and eventually, you know, unless you're uh, I don't know, refreshing your cookies or your, you know, your search or hiding your search preferences from Google. It'll learn so much about you that it will be able to get to the point where it can be pretty specific on your preferences right away when you say, I want to order new shoes. Yeah. That to me is a lot of what Google's been doing behind the scenes for you. So I think they've kind of noticed sites you haven't clicked on as much and they start to remove those from the, your search results. But I'm interested in a more active future for how training Google how to give you even better results. I know there's websites I just w- would wish I'd never see on my search results anymore. You know, I think there's lots of cool ideas for crafting Google to be better at giving you what you need or want. Now there's a lot of dangerous things there, creating information bubbles for yourself, um, not really seeing the full picture of maybe a complicated topic that deserves a, a conversation on both sides of it. But for me, I it's hard for me to believe that searching in 15, 20 years is going to look like it does now, kind of hunched over a laptop. There's going to be some shift. No, and I, I think that's really the key takeaway from today's episode is that there there will be a shift. It's happening right now already. We're seeing it play out more fast more quickly <laughs> in uh, in B2C or in retail, but that ultimately, you know, we're all going to start having to think about that impact of, of voice. And, and I mean, who knows? The next technology may come and blow voice out of the water in a couple of year, a couple years. Yeah, and I think like any major trend, it's going to affect some industries more than others. You need to think carefully about all your clients and where it might affect. I think you've got to dig in to really see if it's going to affect you. I can't see too many stats right now or hear, I've heard too many anecdotal stories from people talking about how this voice search has really upset or changed their strategy strategy on a digital front yet. Yet. But I think a combination that of VR, voice command, I think voice is going to become more a part of our life, whether it's commanding an app to do something. I think in 10, 15 years, any software you use, there's going to be some ability for you to control that app with your voice. Yeah. I mean, we keep going back to it too, but the minority style report of like a voice and a, like, I'm not even touching a screen, but it's in front of me, like whooshing things all over the place. So I think that is the future of the workplace. You know, I honestly think the future of the workplace is almost everybody comes and they've got their own little like eight by 10 foot room. You lock in and you're like immersed in your Excel sheet. You know, you've got things on all your walls. You're, you've got a virtual headset on, you're telling it to do stuff with your voice. You're not hunched over and typing, you know, 10, 15 years from now. And if you're doing your job with your voice, you're going to be searching Google and doing things with your voice. Now, I think you still might be seeing search results for a long time, same as Ian Laurie kind of posits in his article. But 
the way people are triggering that search is still a really important thing that you know you need to think about as a marketer and what it means even for your software going forward as people get more comfortable doing more stuff with their voice and break through some privacy concerns like you have Amazon and Google get even better at it. It'll be interesting to see how many ad dollars start flowing in directions that are highly influenced by voice searches and voice results, spoken results. Absolutely. All right. I think let's wrap it up there. What do you say? Yeah. So we hope you'll let us know if there's a takeaway from today's episode that you'll use to shape your conversations this week. We'd love to hear about it. You can find show notes with links to our email, our social profiles, and more at blog.shape.io slash podcast. Yeah. And go find us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe. Tell some friends. We're still getting the ball rolling. So anything helps. And uh, over and out from Ben Dorgan. Bye, guys.